Welcome, y'all. This is our podcast for A Clockwork Orange. A Clockwork Orange is a dystopian novel by British author Anthony Burgess, published in 1962. This book details the story of Alex, a teenage teenager growing up in a futuristic English society. Every night, Alex and his friends, or Drews, go out on violent adventures that involve stealing, raping, beating up, and the occasional murder. One night, Alex gets taken in by the police after accidentally killing an old lady in her home. After two years in prison, he's chosen to participate in government issues, aversion therapy. By the end, the thought of violence makes him sick. Once released, Alex runs into trouble when he's recognized by his past victims. After a series of misfortunes, Alex jumps out of a window in an attempt to commit suicide. He survives, but is sent to the hospital, where they undo the aversion therapy treatment. The book ends with Alex, now 18, realizing that he no longer has the same affinity for violence he'd had three years ago, that he now wants to grow up and start a family. First of all, isn't it the cutest thing how Alex calls cats cots and koshkas? Oh, it's not so cute how he then murders several cats and the old lady takes care of them, though. Nah, I'm just kidding. Why don't we start talking about the philosophies of the book? The first topic that I think we should delve into being the most obvious theme running throughout the book is violence. Violence is not cool, but Alex thinks it is. Why is he so drawn to violence as a teenager? Of course, there's the idea that teenage boys are naturally drawn to violence as an act of rebellion. Yep, there is societal pressure, definitely. But Alex's desire to hurt people seems stronger than most kids and perhaps extends farther than just a typical teenage rebellion. But this is the future. Maybe this is where where we're headed to. (laughs) Sounds like an existential crisis. When Alex is in prison, the governor says to him, an eye for an eye. He believes that because teenagers are hitting the state, the state should hit them back by putting teenagers like Alex in jail. After going to prison, Alex loses the ability to choose between good and bad. The aversion therapy he receives forces him to always choose the good option. This brings up the question of, is it moral to take away someone's free will will because of actions like this? Even though Alex is now always going to pick the morally correct option, is taking away his free will morally correct? I think that taking away his ability to pick between good and bad is entirely wrong. Of course, I want people to do the right thing, but I also want people to want to do the right thing. People should be kind because they understand the impact that being a good person has on themselves and others, not just because they don't have another option. I agree with that, but I also think it's a matter of safety too. Like, we don't want to murder, I mean, we we don't want murderers running freely, but at the same time, I think people convicted of crimes should get some sort of support so that they could re-enter society successfully. Of course, I don't think that they should get the same treatment as Alex did, but they should get some sort of support. Burgess's opinions on this are explained in the introduction, where he says, by definition, a human is endowed with free will. He can use this to choose between good and bad. It is as inhuman to be totally good as it is to be totally evil. The important thing is moral choice. So this idea of moral choice plays into the title of the book itself. What does it mean to be a clockwork orange? Burgess Burgess defines it as someone who has the appearance of an organism, lovely with color and juice, 
but is in fact only a clockwork toy to be wound up by God or the devil or the almighty state. When Alex loses his free will, forced into a mechanistic morality, he becomes a clockwork orange. He's given up his control to the state. Eventually, the state removes the treatment. Like a clock, Alex has been forced to do a 360 from being bad to good, then bad again. I think another key aspect of the book is the language used. Why do you think he chose to create a whole new vocabulary for Alex and his friends? Ferguson chose to create a new vocabulary in order to further bring the reader into Alex's world. I think it also really emphasizes Alex's youth and immaturity. When he speaks to adults, they never know what he means. And at the end of the book, when he runs into Pete, who's now married, Alex realizes that Pete no longer speaks the same way. He's grown up. Meanwhile, Alex is now 18, but still as immature as the 15-year-old boy we met in the beginning of the book. He is still committing violent crimes and hanging out with his fellow Druze. And this brings up the question, are people born either good or bad? And what impact does youth have on their desire to be good or bad? Well, I think that youth has a big effect on someone's desire to be good or bad. Things like who you grow up around and your education can have a significant impact on you and your choices. Definitely. And at the end of the book, when Alex realizes he's growing up, he also realizes that he no longer has a desire to commit evil. He says, there was something happening inside me, and I wondered if it was, some, if it was like some disease. I knew it was happening on my brothers. I was like growing up. So the American version ends without the last chapter. Alex is in the hospital after having his treatment reversed. And the last words are, I was cured, cured all right. What are the implications of this? There's no personal character development on the part of Alex. In some ways, it emphasizes the idea of Alex being a clockwork orange. He never makes any personal effort to change. He can only change when change is inflicted upon him. When the book was published in America, we were getting ready for the Vietnam War. The Vietnam War made Americans not want to accept the one that one can change for the better. This is why they thought the book would do much better in America by ending this way. While they, while they thought the rest of the world would be willing to accept this concept. So what are the big takeaways? These flaws make us human. Whether we want to accept this or not, people like Alex are human and we need to provide them with support. This benefits us individually and as a society. I think to put, a more, put it in a more modern day context, it would be really interesting if somebody rethought this book in the perspective of a black teenager. How would that change not just the course of the story, but other people's reactions to it? In addition to this, another way to put this in a modern context would be to talk about social media and how it controls us. In China, for instance, Facebook and Insta, Instagram are banned. This is not physical controlling, but it's another form of control, like the state controls Alex. So to wrap it up, I think that this book offers a really interesting discussion regarding morality and ethics and right versus wrong. And it's a great read for anyone willing to have their values questioned.